0: Father, I just thank you so much for another night of life. God, that we get to be in your presence with you every single day of our lives. God, may we just come to know you even more closely tonight. And may we know how you see us and our value. Holy Spirit, would you just have your way, just breathe in this place. It's all about you, God. So, Lord, we just give you the rest of the night. We just yield our hearts to you. Whatever you have us Learn whatever you'd have us change, whatever you'd have us be. God, that's what we want for our lives. So, God, we just give you this night. May you be praised. In Jesus' name
1: I pray. Amen. words it's not just words when we sing those words we're inviting heaven to come and heaven breaks through into our earth and i just pray over us that tonight chains are going to be broken walls of addiction and walls of pain and depression are just going to be broken and shattered by his love so let's just sing that one more time
0: I get to be where you are, I get to be where you are, I get to be where you are. Shoot! You... i yeah.
2: over yourself and over each other. it's when the storms come and things bad happen that we need to remember God's promises. And uh, this last week, we were tested again as a family because one of our own was in a tragic accident where she was hit by a drunk driver. And Friday night, We didn't know if we were gonna lose one of our sisters who's an alive leader who's been a part of this family and ministry for two years now. And I got a call from her boyfriend, uh, who I never met at five in the morning on Saturday, saying, you gotta call the warriors together, we gotta pray. Because our sister and our friend McKenna needs us. But it's in these times like this that we're reminded of God's faithfulness. That when he promises to never leave us, to never forsake us, no matter what's happening in our lives, it's in moments like that that we need to remember. And you know, McKenna is still alive today. In probably more ways now than she was even before. And if you know her, she's one of the most joyful, life-giving, vibrant people that I've ever met. That no matter what's going on, there's joy. That she, No matter what's going on, there's a smile on her face. And as I'm sure you're going to hear in a little bit, but the doctors pronounced her a living and walking miracle. That she shouldn't have lived, but she did. So her boyfriend and her sister are actually here with us for the first time tonight. And I'm just going to call them up, and they're just going to kind of update us about how McKenna's doing and the miracles that God has done. So you give a round of applause for Mason and Ashley, as we welcome them up.
3: Hi, I'm Ashley. McKenna's my baby sister. I am 14 years older than McKenna. So, uh, she's been a light in our life for as long as I can remember. Um, and I'm just so glad that I'm here giving an update and not even a Like Ryan said, um, I was one of the last to get to the hospital and, um, it had been hours and we still hadn't been able to see her. And uh, my mother's best friend, who is McKenna's godmother, sent a text to us that said, you may not, but McKenna believes. And McKenna knows that God is with her and is going to get you guys through this. And so if you have doubt and fear, don't believe yourself at this time. You need to believe in McKenna and her faith. And so we did. And like Ryan said, Mason called and every, McKenna's part of like three different ministries right now. Um, every person that we, we had pastors from three different states offer to come and pray over her and um, just hundreds and hundreds of people and I can't even, I have lost count of the congregations and when they finally stabilized her and we were able to see her and then she got through the surgery and she's just been so strong and um, when they've said you know, you're a miracle um, or like you're just amazing us and she said that's not me, that's Jesus um and she's told the medical people that and stuff. So, um then when as the you know, she just keeps defying the odds and just keeps beating everything they keep saying to us. So, we had heard one thing the first day and first moments and moment to moment it just keeps the progress just keeps getting better and better and so I've just reached out to more and more congregations of people that I can think of to start praying for my sister. Um And I just, I honestly believe that that's the only reason she's here right now, is because there are hundreds and hundreds of people all over the country and most likely the world that have been praying for her. And if you have had the privilege of meeting my sister, um, you know that she is one of the most pure souls that I have ever encountered. And I am just so blessed that she was given to us and that God chose me to be her sister, and that I still get to be her sister. Um. and even tonight she got moved for the first time they've lowered her status but she got moved out of the ICU tonight <laughs> and when we walked in to the new room and the nurse walked in and she just said it was, you know they go like this and spray and they walk in and, and McKenna lights up and goes do you go to a live? and she says I do. And McKenna goes, so do I. I met you on, And I'm like, and I'm I'm a big person in signs, and I just looked at Mason, and I said, and here's your sign. Like, you know, like, yes, we're going. To, like, we had said we were going, but if we had any doubts that we needed to stay with her um, because there had just been changes and things that we were trying to support her, I just said, and we're going to a lot. So um, she is very very anxious to get back to her typical life um i think her will and determination has been what is keeping her moving besides her faith um she's proven that she's the baby of four and very significant age differences and so she has been babied and she has proven to my parents and other family members that she's much stronger than we have given her credit for her entire life um And she's just continuing to grow in that. Um, She's very anxious to get back to you guys. Um, She even said to Ryan when he came in the other night, first thing, I don't know that I'm gonna get to go to a live. Um, And then yeah, even tonight, um, she wanted, yeah, fall retreat. She was, she realized tonight that uh, she had asked about a date for one of her, um, she's got lots of tubes they've removed more and more tubes every day, but there was one that she was specifically asking for today, and she said, when will that one come out? And they gave her, like, a November 11th date or something. And she said, but Fall Retreat's the 4th, or something like that. And she just went hysterical, like, I have to go to Fall Retreat. um, So, you know, she's with you guys, and um, she feels your presence, and um, we just could not thank everybody enough for being so kind to her her and praying for her and um she's gonna walk in here and sooner than we expect and be able to tell her own story I'm sure so um thank you
2: so this is Mason um is your mic on dude yeah yeah yeah. there you go it is and um you know, it was really cool. I, I feel like I'm part of McKenna's family. I, well, I always was in Christ, but I feel like I've known this guy forever now yeah, and just her family. Yeah. And, and you know, I was talking to her mom, and um, McKenna's birthday is coming up actually this Sunday. Yeah. So um, maybe you guys, we can all give her a ton of love on Sunday. Oh, yeah. But um, her mom was telling me a story where Mason called her and was like, hey, you know, what does McKenna want for her birthday? And uh, her mom just said uh, that McKenna wants Mason— to to come to alive and to to know jesus you know and i think she's been asking you to come for a long oh, time yeah. but he's here tonight and that's so awesome and i know that it just means so much <laughs> to mckenna you. and so i just publicly want to say yeah, yeah. thanks for taking thank a risk thanks for calling me at five in the morning yeah. and uh yeah is there anything you want to share yeah. man um i just want to say thank you guys for all the prayers it, it really has been working uh, i know when we were Ashley was helping her wash her hair and, and brush her hair before we were coming and you're probably, what, halfway halfway done through her hair and um, Ashley looks at her and says, we gotta go, we're going to a live. Um, and McKenna goes, oh, okay. And Ashley said, oh, well, I can stay here and finish your hair if you want. She said, no, 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 you're going to a live. You're going to a live. <laughs> so that was funny. Um, she's, been doing, she's been doing good. Doctors are saying as good as she can be, she, uh, she even wanted some french fries today so she's been eating she's been eating which is good. But thank you guys for everything. We we really
4: appreciate it. Yeah.
3: Sorry, one more thing. Um I think for my own um McKenna has one more surgery, not maybe one more, but she has another surgery tomorrow. Um and after something traumatic like what she's gone through, going back under anesthesia is a big risk. And I think that that's where kind of our heart is, as a family, is that she's made all these gains, and we really just don't want, you know, any setbacks from some minor surgery, well, anybody, anyway, I don't know how you categorize everything that she's gone through through this, but, um, so that's tomorrow morning, very early, she'll be having surgery, so if, um, when you're thinking of her and praying for her, if you can say extra prayers about that surgery, um, we would really appreciate it.
2: Well, actually, we just want to take the next minute or so, and if you're comfortable, just find someone next to you, and if you could just pray for McKenna right now. We could pray for the surgery tomorrow. We could pray for her physical healing, but also her emotional healing. Um, So can we just take a moment, a couple moments as a a family, and just pray for her? I'll start us off, and then you guys can just pray your own words if you want. God, I just thank you so much for our sister McKenna. I thank you, God, that you were with her Friday night and that you are with her now. And God, I thank you, Father, for your healing power, that she is a walking miracle, God, and the God of miracles lives inside of her. So God, we pray right now for her surgery tomorrow, God, that it would go so smooth and so good and and that she would come out of it even better than she is now. So God, we just pray for your peace and your presence to be with Ashley, to be with Mason, to be with her mom and her dad, and most of all, our sister who we love, McKenna. God, we pray that she knows how loved that she is by us and most of all by you. And God, we even pray that through this next song that we would just dedicate this song for her. And that as we sing, we sing for you and we sing for her. And we even pray that as she's in the hospital room right now, God, she would feel our prayers. She would feel us singing for her. That she is alive because you are alive. So we pray for her, God. In every way you know she needs it. That you are the God of miracles that you are the God of hope and that you are with our sister. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So McKenna, <laughs> we just say in the spirit, this song is dedicated to you. And we sing to God and we sing for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Let's sing this out for McKenna. Let's pray for her.
0: Thousand times I fail, still your mercy remains, and should I stumble again, I'm caught in your grace, everlasting, your light will shine when all else fades, never ending, your glory give you control. Come to me from the inside out. Lord, let justice and praise become my embrace. To love you from the
2: What's going on in our lives? That we will choose joy, and we will choose to live from the inside out, to bring Your name fame and to bring Your You glory. I thank You that that's what heart—that's what McKenna's heart beats for. So have Your way tonight, God. And we say, "Have Your way from the inside out." Let's sing this out one more time.
0: In my heart and my soul, I give you control. Consume me from the inside out, Lord. Let justice and praise become my embrace to love you from the inside.
2: Thank you, Jesus. You guys can have a seat. Could we give the worship band a round of applause, please? And thank you, guys. Oh, man. Kind of like don't know how I give a sermon after that. (laughs) I'm going to try because we got someone really cool coming up to speak with me, and that's a real reason everyone's here, right? Well, hey guys, my name is Ryan. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. I'm the college pastor of Alive. I see a couple new faces, so thank you for always having the courage to check out a new place. Uh, We did an awesome outreach at the Ike yesterday and connected with a lot of students, so um, if you are one of those students, please come and say hi after service. We are in a series uh, called The Real Stuff, as Mark talked about during announcements and in this series, we're actually looking at questions that students, our students handpicked and said this would be something we are interested to learn about. And so we're looking at kind of hard questions that isn't really defined uh, or, or clearly said in the Bible. And one of the questions we're looking at tonight is, why is self-esteem or self-worth so important? Last week, Brett and I shared about, well, why is intimacy so, so, intimacy so important? Intimacy with God, intimacy with myself, ourselves, and intimacy with each other. And tonight, we want to look at our self-worth. And it's so, it's so tied along and, and close-knit to intimacy. And if you ask yourself, well, what is your self-worth? And where does your self-worth come from? And you might, might think of, well, my self-worth comes from my identity. And we've talked a lot about identity, Right? But if your identity is knit to something, then I think your self-worth is knit to something. Growing up, I, I loved to play sports. My identity was an athlete. So if I was a good athlete, that's where my worth was. I remember I, uh, when, one year I grew up playing soccer. Yes, that was my life before football. And um, I played soccer for eight years, and uh, I was pretty good at it. And uh, I remember one, one year my dad, my dad didn't come to a ton of games but he, he, he started coming to some of my games. And I remember he challenged me. He said, I, I, he said, Ryan, I bet you you can't score 12 goals this season. And I remember, what? I, I, Dad, I can score 12 goals, you know? And he bet me. He's like, all right, if you score 12 goals this season, I'll give you, like, 20 bucks. You know, as a little kid, that sounds so much, right? And um, I remember that, I remember when I scored that 12th goal, and I did do it, and I remember looking at him and saying, Dad, I did this, and part of me was so excited, but part of me was so mad, because I didn't feel like he believed in me, but my, my worth as a soccer player, and even as a son in that moment, was tied to that achievement, and it felt so good in that moment, right, but also at times in my life when I didn't achieve or I didn't succeed at things that I thought my worth was tied to. I was devastated. So I want to ask you guys tonight, what is your self-worth? Why is that important? And how does that impact your life? Because that's what we're going to look at. Um, I think Jesus has some things to say about this. I actually want to start off just with Colossians 3.1. It says this. Since then, you have been raised with Christ, so set your hearts i things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I don't know about you, but when my self-worth is tested, and again, this isn't my identity, if I, if I know who I am, but my self-worth, if, say, say if my identity is set as a good speaker, well then my worth is determined by what you guys think of me as a speaker. So when that's tested, when there's adversity, what do I set my eyes on to? Who, who, do I rem- who, do, who do I let define my identity? And who I let defines my identity will help define my worth in life. So I want to ask you, who defines your identity? Because I believe who defines your identity defines your worth. Just think about that for a second. Really, practically, in your life, who defines you? Does doing well in school define you? Does doing well in your job define you? Does the amount of money define you? Does the the sport you play, the girlfriend or boyfriend you have, the car you drive, the way you look, what truly defines you? I believe that's an important question and a key that God wants to open our eyes to tonight because what defines us is linked to what we believe we're worth. Think about that for a second. There's a story <clears throat> where the good this story uh, about the good Samaritan. Have you guys ever heard that story? No. Have you heard that story before? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, don't. He's like, don't say my name again. <laughs> he's like, I thought I sat, I sat far enough in the back. There's a story about the good Samaritan where this guy. Um, so this guy is on the side of the road and he got robbed by some robbers. He got jumped. He got beat up. And there's a priest that walks by, and you would think the priest would stop to help him, and the priest just kept walking by. There is another person who worked at the temple who was a, a book collector in the temple that you would think they would stop and help this person, but yet they didn't. But then there was a Samaritan, and a Samaritan who didn't associate with Jews, the, least, the person that would you would at least expect to stop, and yet he stopped and listen to, what, listen to what it says. Then a despised Samaritan came along. A despised Samaritan. A despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan smoothed the wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. And I just wonder in that moment, what was the Samaritan thinking? Why does it say a despised Samaritan? Have you ever felt despised? What if that was the worth that you thought you had in your head? I've never been called despised. Have you? Have you, Adam, you ever been called despised? No? (laughs) I hope not. But but that, that just caught my eye. A despised Samaritan. And I wonder, I, w- I add this question. So t- I think there's two sides of the coin. One is, was this person despised? Was he not liked? Was he made fun of? Had he himself been jumped and been beat up before? Does he know what that pain is like? So is that what made him go help someone that he shouldn't have kind of helped by, soci- by, what-, by what society said? What made him risk that? Risk what other th- people thought of him. Risk maybe getting hit- jumped himself. Was it that compassion and that mercy because him knowing that pain, was that his worth? Did he walk and live in society being known as despised, being known as an outcast? And was that where that compassion and mercy was birthed to help this guy? Or did he know who, what he was worth? Did he know who he was and he saw someone hurting in a time of need. And because he knew who he was and knew what he was worth, that made him take a risk and go help someone. Picture this, guys. You're driving along the road on the highway, and you see someone. It's late at night. You see someone on the road hurting. You don't know. What would you do? I don't know if I would stop, if I'm being honest. Miranda, would you stop? Yeah, amen. You're better than me. (laughs) I hope I would stop. But think about that. Think about you, you know, maybe, I mean, helping someone that you're not meant to help. I believe if you knew who you were and we know who we are and we know what we're worth, then we're going to give that away to other people. We can't give people what we ourselves don't have. So I ask you, if self-worth is important, if you bought into this and you believe this, how do you take care of yourself? And do you take care of yourself? What are you, you're maybe you're thinking, well, why would I take care of myself? I'm not meant to do that. I would disagree. Check this verse out. In Matthew 22, um, one, of the, one of the people asked Jesus, Jesus, uh, what is the most important law that, that we have? It says this, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. And so I want to ask you, if we don't believe that we're worth much, deep down, are we going to be able to love people very well? Think about that for a second. I don't know about you, but it's actually easier for me to help people and do things for other people and not believe that for myself. I was kind of trying to be funny. I hope I would help the guy, right? I hope I, that, that's the type of person that I am. But when I look into other people and look and believe in the truth and love of God over their lives, sometimes that's hard for me to look in the mirror and believe that for myself. And I wonder, why does Jesus say, love your God with all of your heart, strength, soul, and mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself? Why didn't he just say, love your neighbor? Love your neighbor with the love of God. But he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't love myself very well. It's easier for me to take care of other people and help other people and sometimes not take care of myself. Feed my own soul. Do things that I know God wants me to do for me. Can anyone relate to that? You know, me and my buddy, um, Arnie, he's here. Where you at? You here, Arnie? Somewhere? There you are. What's up, dude? <laughs> um, man, we work out together, and I love working out with this guy. And uh, we, we just, we, we always pray before we work out. We end our, our prayers, um, our workouts and prayers. Ryan Jackson's here somewhere. We do that too. Hey, what's up, Ryan? And um, man, I remember I was talking with Arnie one day, and I just had this thought, because I used to work out um, back in the day, because I had so much insecurity in my life, I had so much insecurity in my heart, and I didn't think I was good enough, and fit enough, and I was always striving to get better, because I didn't believe I was worth anything. And now, when I work out, I, I know who I am, and I know what I'm worth, and and I always start my workouts, to say, Lord... I ask you to bless this workout. I pray that you speak to us, inspire us as we work it out. And God, you know we want to be fit and look good. So I pray you can help us do that. But most of all, I pray you use this workout for us to grow closer to you. And I remember asking Arnie, I just had this thought. I was like, Arnie, when is enough enough? Like, when will we be so fit or bench as, as much as we bench and we're just like done? We're like, we don't need to work out anymore. Like, like when, when is enough enough? Because if, if you're not careful, you can get caught in this trap where it's never enough. You never make enough money. You never uh, are, are in the best shape that you want to be. You never eat healthy enough. You never can, can catch what you're chasing. Because we don't have that self-worth that it can't be defined by outside external things. But when we get to that place that we know what we're worth, maybe some of you are like, well, I'm not there. I know, I'm a, I know this is the temple of God. I know I've been given gifts. I know I'm a son and a daughter. And because I'm a son and a daughter, I'm an heir. And because uh, Jesus has living water in him, I have that living water that I live in the light of life with Christ. Amen. So we're called to steward those things, right? And everything we do, making money to working out to reading Scripture, we do for the glory of God because we know who we are, we know what we're worth, and because we know what we're worth, we want to be the best that we can be, right? I believe that's a good place. But, but if we're not careful, every time I work out, and I love working out, I have to make sure my mind's in the right place, my heart's in the right place. I'm not striving to become something I'm not. I know that I'm not defined by what I look like or how much weight I can bench, but I'm defined by who Christ says I am. So my worth is not if I have a good workout or not. My worth is not if I give a good sermon or not. My worth is not what other people think of me. My worth is in Jesus Christ and who I am as his son. He defines me. Because I'm defined by him, he also helps me know what I'm worth in this life. Awkward silences are hard. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to end with this story. This is from the message version, and it's a little long, but I want to read it to you. A woman, again, a Samaritan woman, came to draw water, and Jesus said, would you give me a drink of water? His disciples had gone to the village uh, to buy food for lunch. The Samaritan woman, taken aback, asked, how come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? Jews in those days would, would never be caught dead talking to Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink, and I would give you fresh living water. The woman said, Sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with. And, and this well is deep. So how are you going to get the living water? Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it? He and his sons and livestock has passed it down to us. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be like an artesian spring within, gushing, Fountains of endless life. The woman said, "Sir, give me this water, so I won't ever again get thirsty. I I, I won't ever have had to come back. I won't ever have to come back to this well again." He said, "Go, call your husband, and then come back." I I have no husband," she said. "That's nicely put. I have no husband. In fact, you've had five husbands, and the man you are living with right now isn't even your husband." You spoke the truth there, sure enough. Oh, so you're a prophet. Well, tell me this. Our ancestors worshiped God at this mountain, but the Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place for worship, right? Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father neither here nor at this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Your, your worship, You worship guessing in the dark, we Druze worship in the clear light of day. God's way of salvation is made available through the Jews. But the time is coming. It has, in fact, come when what, what, when what you're called will not matter and where you go to worship will not matter. And here it is, guys. He says this. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. It's who you are and the way that you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for, those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. The woman said, I don't know about that, but what I do know is that the Messiah is coming, and when he arrives, we'll get the whole and true story. Jesus said, I am he. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. Wow. I know that's a lot of scripture, and I felt like I was supposed to read that, but these are the three things I want you to think about from that. Jesus answered, if you knew the generosity of God And who I am, you would not be asking, or you would be asking for a drink, and I would give you fresh and living water. Jesus knew who he was, and because he knew who he was, he knew what he could give others. He knew what he was worth in this life and what he could do with this life. He knew who he was. Again, do we know who we are? Because who we are in Christ, and when we know that up here and in here, Our worth is tied to that. What we give to others is tied to that. What we do in this life, day in, day out, is tied to that. That's why the ministry is called alive, so that when we wake up, we don't go through the motions anymore, but we're alive. And I believe we're not going to be truly alive and truly ourselves if we don't know who we are and whose we are and what we're worth. We can't love other people if we don't love ourselves. My, my mom used to tell me that all the time. Treat others as you, as you want to be treated. And I remember back in the days when I'm like praying for a wife and praying for a girlfriend, and I remember I, I thinking to myself, looking in the mirrors like, I can't love someone else if I don't love myself. You can't give someone else something that you don't have for yourself. Do we believe that, guys? Do we believe that we are worth something? Do we believe that Jesus died on the cross for each and every one of us because you were worth it? That you mean more than you could ever know to him. And that as we live, we carry his life and his breath and his love with us. Jesus says this again, it's who you are and the way that you live that counts before God. What defines you? What's def- what's- what will define us in this life? We have that saying, free people, free others. If we don't know we're free, and if we're not living that worth of freedom out, we're not going to be able to give that to others, guys. So I want to encourage you, know that you're worth something. Know that you're on this university, in your classes, in your friends' groups, in your families that you mean something, and that your life matters. You know, with, when the accident happened with McKenna, not just for her, but for all of us, it's a wake-up call. It's a reminder of how fragile life can be. But it's also an opportunity and invitation to know that we are worth something, that we've been chosen to be alive for a reason. And then finally, Jesus says, I am he. I am he, and I want to propose a question or an opportunity that when we don't know what we're worth, because we will be tested, and we are, I propose that when you remind yourself and who he is and what he's worth, you'll start to remember who you are and what you're worth. Take a chance on that and see how he shows up. I would like to, at this time, call up, a dear friend who I love and believe in is so cool. The one and only Shelby. And, uh, you know, she's been a part of this ministry. Yeah, give her a round of applause. Give him a like. mic. And Shel's been a part of this ministry for, what, two and a half years now? And um, man, it's just been so cool to see her just as a friend in life but also in a live, just grow um, into the amazing woman that she is. And, you know, we were praying a couple weeks ago. We were at a prayer night for MJ. And um, yeah, I just, you know, kind of when you're praying for someone, the Holy Spirit jumps around, everyone's getting prayer, and, and Shelby was getting prayer, and I just felt like God said, she is such a key of self-worth. If you know her at all, like, everyone just looks up to you, right? She's got that cool card, right? Everyone's always, especially all the girls, but guys too, everyone else just wants to hang around Shelby. But I believe she's, she's been through a journey of knowing who she is and knowing what she's worth. And when she's married one day, and she has kids one day, and whatever she does in life, she's gonna help other people know what they're worth because she knows who she what she's worth. So, Shel, I'd love just to give you the floor and to share a little bit of part of your story. So, right. thanks so much.
5: Thanks. I'm gonna sit because I don't like being in front of a bunch of people. Um, but if you know Rai, you know when he asks you um, to do something, it's really hard for hard for you to say no. So, and I tried. Um, Amen. Yeah. So I'm excited to share just my testimony with you guys. This is actually my first time um, I've ever publicly shared my testimony. I've shared one-on-one with people. Um, I grew up going to church some and um, believing in God, but not actually having a relationship with him. Um, I played volleyball and sports growing up and, I went to, to Missouri State to play college volleyball, and that was something I always um, dreamed of doing, playing a sport in in college. So I went to college, and, you know, I put my identity in volleyball. Um, I started dating a guy my freshman year all through all four years in um, just kind of a very toxic relationship of just ups and downs and um, You know, he cheated on me a couple of times, and as you know, that's obviously, um, I didn't know my worth at that point. Um, I went out and I partied, and so I pretty much lived the, you know, the college scene that everyone thinks about, Um, but I actually, through that time, I was so up and down, and I think Ryan said about identity, if you know who you are, your self-worth is going to be there, if you know who you are in Christ. Um, so I found myself not knowing, who, not knowing Jesus, not having a relationship. And you know, things were good. I would have high points. and obviously, you know, college was fun. Um, playing volleyball was fun. Um, but I really was just kind of on a roller coaster of emotions. Um, when me and my boyfriend were, were bad, I was bad. Um, I didn't know I didn't know who I was. And so all four years, I just lived in this very, um. yeah just up and down roller coaster of kind of letting people define who I was um, so yeah so four, four years ago it was actually June of two th- 2013 I kind of hit a point of being rock bottom emotionally I um, my boyfriend and I broke up finally he um, was with someone else um, and then I was done playing volleyball, and something I put my identity in too, and then I—I I was out in the real world trying to find a job, and um, so all those things, pretty much everything I was putting my identity in, was taken away. Um, all coming to just like an end. So I was—I was a little bit lost, but I also—it was the best time of my life. God um, just showed up. He showed me where he was pursuing me all those four years. He um, just redeemed um, my past and um, just set me free. I began a relationship with Jesus, and it was a transformation over six months, and I've been on a journey um, of just knowing my worth um, in Christ. And so that's kind of what college was, and it's still a journey. Uh, that was four years ago when I, when I actually surrendered my life to Jesus. And so c- coming now after it being four years, um, there's still things that I, I guess I think that I know isn't, um, from God stuff from my past. Um, when I kind of four years ago, there was a lot of shame and guilt with my past and just things that I had done, um, but God is just faithful to meet you if you just open your heart, and um, that's kind of what I did. I got to a place four years ago where I, I was so broken that I, I just said, okay, God, like, I, I need you, and he's faithful to do, when you open your heart, he's faithful to, to transform Um, your heart, and your life, and I started living a completely different life. I got connected in church. I started serving. I wanted to go to church. I got plugged in. I started meeting with girls. Just, I mean, he just completely changed my life, Um, and that was all because I was putting my identity in, in him and not of things, of this world, and I think the biggest thing I would just encourage is, like people and like I touched on this, people and and things of this world will disappoint you. Um, but Jesus won't. He He doesn't leave you. Um, so I just that's kind of the the key that I've learned all these four these past four years and the journey that I've been on is that when we put put our self worth and other other things other than Jesus, we will be disappointed at times. And yeah, so that's that's a little bit of my testimony in a in a short short version. So
2: yeah. Amen. Can we give a round of applause? <laughs> Shelby, you think I can have an autograph after Stop. service? <laughs> Stop. Well, um, Shelb, thank you so much for sharing that yeah. story. That's just, I mean, I even—I knew a lot of that, but even just hearing that, there's just so much truth in that. And it's been so cool just to see again, just as a friend from the outside the last two years, um, just see you continue to grow in that and grow in that. And so a lot of that happened, what, probably four or five years ago in yeah. college-ish. Yep. And so are you ever now, you know, as out in the real world, world working, you're you're secure in Christ. You have an awesome boyfriend, an awesome family. You're living life. Are you ever tested again in that, or like do things ever happen where your self worth or that identity kind of gets tested again?
5: Yeah. Um. So I my job I do sales. Um. So even just with with my job and just going to work every day, and I um, sell volleyball equipment. So it's it's very fitting, but um there's times where i don't feel as confident um you're, i'm just not feeling it but i mean god just uh, looking back to him and just you know taking that feeling to him and just saying god i i'm not feeling too confident right now but you know i know i'm confident in you um so i think just always turning back to him and just asking him that's one thing i learned is with a relationship with jesus like you can ask um in something that I, all through college, it was just I I didn't have that. I didn't I didn't I don't even know if I really prayed. I mean, I probably did with you know groups of people, but um, just when I go about my day, like you can you can ask him for things, and you can um, in the moment when you're at work and feeling um, not confident, he's he's there. He lives in you. So yeah.
2: wow, that's good. So would you say one of the best ways to maybe practice that is just talking to him and asking and it's not just going to church or reading your bible or coming to a live but it's like a living relationship with him yeah is there anything you do to really like center you or bring you back to that place you know that helps in kind of those times
5: yeah I uh I think just just stopping myself and kind of getting my I guess my heart in a better place because I think sometimes when we, when we're he- hearing lies from the enemy, sometimes if we don't stop ourselves to kind of reflect on, um, is this producing a good, good emotion in me? Is this bringing me joy? Is this bringing me peace? And if it's not, it's not of God. Um, so I try to be pretty real with myself. I'm a practical, practical person. So I kind of stop and say, I've just I've been thinking about this for an hour. And it's not producing anything good. You know, I'm not going to agree with this lie that's coming in. Obviously, it's not like a, oh, I feel I feel great now that I have spoken that truth out. But I think it's not not agreeing with the lie that's come. So. That's
4: good.
2: So, Shell, you you live this thing. You believe this thing. And, again, I've seen this in your life. And I really feel like the Lord said, like, you just have a key. Like, we all have different keys and gifts To kind of unlock people and set people free and inspire people um what is one way even like for your own kids one day or you know the girls and alive and friends and even in your relationship with kyle like what's one way that you proactively like do this for other people you know because i feel like that's something you like you feel passionate about inside
5: how i like get
2: Yeah. yeah yeah like you talk to them and help them know like like you've done this to me that like you help me know that my worth isn't isn't like how many people come to a live, or you know you help me you you challenge me and inspire me in that and I see you do that with so many girls and so many people in your life I guess is do you have any practical advice for how some students could could help walk that out
5: yeah um, one thing that I when I was kind of praying about this I really felt like a lot of times the enemy doesn't doesn't want us to talk to other people about this. I don't know if you guys have ever laid in bed and thought a negative thought about yourself and just replay it over and over. And I think, you know, we have people in our lives that can speak truth to us and not being, just being vulnerable. I have a hard time with that sometimes because I feel like I always want to be strong. But, you know, going to a friend and opening your heart up to them that's going to speak truth because um, sometimes I think we can keep to ourselves and that's what the enemy wants he wants us to to stay in that place and repeat it over and over and over but when we sit with someone and we you know I'm struggling with this you know trusting someone um, a friend to speak back to that and um, and just sh- uh, share truth um, and then just getting alone with with Jesus and just taking things to him i know that sounds cliche but just spending just quiet time or worshiping and um, say that too
2: the truth sets us free and sometimes god gives us that truth not just through the bible but through our friends our family and also ourselves yeah Yeah. so man amen well hey can we give her a round of applause everyone um um uh, one, one more thing the band, you guys want to come back up and Shelb. I just would love if you could just kind of pray over us um, the self worth that we have in Christ.
5: Yeah, God, I just thank you for everyone here tonight. We just ask for you to just um, just meet us where we're at right now. God, I thank you that. We have worth in you, that you value us, so we can value ourselves. God, I thank you that you want good things for us, and so I just ask right now, um, just any anything that any lies that have come in, that you just silence those in Jesus' name know our worth, and just as we're worshiping, that you would just break off chains. Just anything that's not of you, God, break it off right now. We love you, Jesus, and we're here for you. Yeah.
2: In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if you guys want to stand with us, we're going to go back into worship, and, uh, there's going to be some student leaders and coaches on the side of the room. And at any point, through any of these next couple of songs, I just encourage you to take a step of faith and have someone pray for you that this is an area of prayer and need in your life. Because I know what it is for me.
1: Worthy of every song we could ever sing. We live for you, we live for you.
0: And I myself of who I am in you. I'll sing it again. You are my love song. You are my love song. We breathe in, we breathe out your love, and I. Shake. we can feel your love we can feel your love you'll start to feel his love if you just open up your heart you'll feel his love for you We were created to be loved, we receive your love.
1: And I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything. And I will. It's on you. I uh. His name is power, breath and living water, such a marvelous mystery, filled with wonder.
2: get picked on in in school, and uh, this one bully came up to her one day and said, hey, you're fat and you're ugly, and you know, (laughs) she used to cry, and she used to let this get in her head, but one day, one day something changed, and she looked at him and said, no, I'm not, and she had this fierceness in her eyes, and he said, how do you know, and she said, because my dad calls me beautiful. My dad calls me beautiful. And every night before I go to bed, he looks me in the eye and he says, the truth of my true inner beauty. And that true inner beauty comes out exterior, no matter what we look like. And he says, and she said, I believe my dad over you. So God, I pray right now in these areas of self-worth, that we're all attacked on. Right after I got done preaching, I, I, I'm on the side just feeling down and sad like my message sucked. Just being real. We're, we're all attacked in this area, guys. But when we're attacked, let us press in and say, Lord, what is your truth? Because what does scripture say? The truth will set us free. What did Shelby say? She asks God for his truth. The truth sets her free. He says who we are. He says the truth. And often the areas that we're attacked, it's because the enemy knows he's scared. He doesn't want us to know the truth. It's almost like opposite day, whenever you're attacked in, just start believing the opposite of that because it's a truth that sets us free. So in this last song, ask him the truth about your life in those areas of insecurity. Ask him what his truth is and what your truth is.
0: Death couldn't hold. We're gonna lift our voice and make your praises. The enemy spent defeated and death couldn't hold you down. We're gonna We set our eyes on the cross. We fix our eyes on your love. We set our eyes on the cross. We fix our eyes on your love. Sing that out. We set our eyes. On the cross we fix our eyes, we fix our eyes on your love, on your love, we've set our eyes on the cross we fix our eyes on your love, we set our We set our eyes on the cross. We fix our eyes on Your love. We set our eyes on the cross. We fix our eyes on what You've done. The prayer.
5: Just a reminder, next week, Mike and Julie, um, senior pastors of our church, the Vineyard Church, are coming to preach on a super special topic. So we hope to see you guys all out next week at 8 p.m. Thank you, guys. Have a good night.